0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Thursday, December the 21st, 2023. It is currently 3.46 p.m. Central Time, and I am coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, when I started typing out the title for this episode, I, I I started laughing. I was like, okay, so you're going to talk about this, but to talk about this is really doing the opposite of what you're talking about. Let me explain. The title of this is "The Promise of Silence." So I'm not going to be silent to talk about silence. I know that seems contradictory. I know it seems to make no sense, but that's what we're going to do. Hopefully we're going to get something from this. I've utilized, I've got, I got a journal here. I've got two Bibles. I've got a devotional guide. I even utilized AI because I had to ask AI a question because I'm like, what, 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 what is this? What what are the promises of silence? So AI will contribute to this as well. But before we do any of that, I don't know about you, but I am sitting here somewhat dumbfounded and somewhat confused, confounded, conflicted. I just, it is Thursday of the third week of Advent. It is Thursday of the third week of Advent, ladies and gentlemen. Can you even wrap your mind around that? Like, how did this happen? Like, what, what, it's the 21st of December, Christmas is literally just around the corner like I don't even know what has happened I don't even know what has occurred but here we are what a what a crazy a crazy just how fast it has gone and that that just uh, once again it makes it makes me a little bit sad but it, it it really it doesn't matter what you do every year when Christmas starts you know Christmas is coming like okay Let's make this time about the incarnation. Let's do all of this. And then the next thing you know, it's just, it's just over. And I, I always find myself a little bit frustrated, a little bit discouraged, a little bit depressed. But there's nothing we can do about that. But we have this time right now. So here's what is happening. I came up, I'm moving stuff. That's, those are all my pencils. I've got plenty of them. I got plenty of them. I came up to my studio And I saw on the table, my Advent 2023 companion. It's a devotional guide. And I opened it up to Thursday, December the 21st. And I saw this title, The Promise of Silence. The Promise of Silence. Then I do what I always do with a devotional. I didn't read the devotional. I'm like, okay, what's the text? What's the text? And the text they gave me was Luke 1, 39 through 45. Luke 1, 39 through 45. So I grabbed my little small K- uh, King James Bible right here. Luke 1, 39 through 45. And I read this. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth, and it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth Elizabeth was filled with the holy ghost, and she spake out with a loud voice and said, blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, and whence is this to me that the mother of my lord should come to me? Um, and then the next verse: For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. Uh, and then verse forty-five: And blessed is she that believe. And blessed is she that believe, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Now, when you read that, it's about shouting. It's about words. It's about when something was heard. There's no silence anywhere in these verses. And, and Luke 1, 39 to 45, there is no silence there. So I'm like, why is this called the promise of silence? I'm like, that makes no sense. Makes no sense. So I didn't even bother to read uh, the devotional at that point. I just sat here and I'm like, so I wonder why it's called the promise of silence. And then I was like, well, let's go back to verse 40 and entered into the house of Zacharias. And I'm like, oh, Zacharias. The King James says Zacharias. Other translations uh, has his name as Zachariah, just so that you know. So, Zachariah, Zacharias. And I was like, hmm, he would have something to do with silence, not speaking. Okay, so let me back the text up and let me look at the story and full. So then I, 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 I grabbed a different Bible and I'm like, I'm going to go all the way back to Luke 1, 5. Luke chapter 1, verse 5. In the days of King Herod of Judah, there was a priest of Abijah's division named Zechariah. His wife was from the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. Both were righteous in God's sight, living without blame according to all the commandments, uh, all the commands and requirements of the Lord. But they had no children. Because Elizabeth could not conceive, and both of them were well along in years. When his division was on duty, and he was serving as a priest before God, it happened that he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. At the hour of the incense, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing in the right of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and overcome with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. You will name him John. There will be joy and delight for you, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will never drink wine or beer. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb." He will turn many of the children of Israel to the the Lord their God. He will go before him and the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous to make ready for the Lord a prepared people. Then we read this. How can I know this? Zechariah asked the angel. For I'm an old man and my wife was well along in years. The angel answered him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Now, listen, you will become silent and unable to speak until the days these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. You're going to be silent. You're not going to be able to speak. You're not going to be able to, until everything is fulfilled, you're going to be in silence. You cannot speak. And then all of these things will be fulfilled. So you look at that time and then finally, everything is fulfilled. Everything occurs. So then it raises the question, what then is the promise of silence? Now, I know the silence and not being able to speak is not really the main part of the story. I understand that. But this devotional guide kind of zeroed in, kind of, kind of focused in on that, zoomed in on that idea that Zechariah, Zacharias, depending on which translation, he was made silent or as the King James says, the King James uses a different phrase. The King James states it this way, if I can find it. Uh, okay, I'm going to go back to the first part of this. It, it states this, um, here we go, um, And behold, uh, uh, just as Luke 1 20, and behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. You're going to be dumb. You're not going to be able to speak. You're going to be silent. You're going to be in silence. And you're going to wait until it's all fulfilled. Now God's word is going to be fulfilled. Now, a lot of times we would look at this as because of his lack of faith, we would focus on maybe him being punished, and I and I understand all of that, and all of that is is worthy of consideration. But I want to just grab the silent part, not being able to speak, and I just want to grab that, and I want to put forth kind of a hypothetical question. And I don't know if this can be answered textually. It could be it could be a little Bible study if you want to do a little Bible study tonight. Zechariah, Zecharias, what did he gain? what did he benefit from this season of silence this period of silence that entire time what do you think he gained from it do you think when when the when the silence finally comes to an end and he can finally speak when his tongue is loosed to use that term what do you think he gained from that silence. And it says, what is the promise of silence? What does silence, the practice of silence, the, the discipline of silence, what do you think that promise, what does it promise to you and to your life, spiritually speaking? Now, I don't know if we, if we Typically think about silence as a spiritual discipline. We think about reading as a spiritual discipline. We think about praying as a spiritual discipline. We think about, um, going to church, fasting, uh, maybe, uh, memorizing scripture. There's, there's, there's a lot of things like that. But what about just silence? Just silence. Now, typically, when Christians talk about the, the discipline or the practice of silence, it's supposed to be silence so that you can hear from God. And that gets into a theological problem that clearly I reject. God does not speak to us other than through the words of Scripture. So if you're sitting there in silence, I'm going to listen for God. That is, to me, a major theological problem. God speaks to through the Scriptures. The Scriptures are the authority. The Scriptures is the Word of God. If you're hearing something in your mind, that's your thoughts. Now, it may be thoughts that you're thinking about something related to Scripture, but don't sit there and say God said to you because God, unless you're going to quote Scripture. So if you remove that kind of charismatic influence, remove that, what would silence? What, does, what is the promise of silence? Now, I'm not even going to look at my devotional guide here. I've yet to, I have yet to even read it. I've yet to even consider it. But what I did do, as I reached over and I asked AI a question, this is the question I asked AI, what can be learned in times of silence? Now, I know AI is going to look at it much more from a non-spiritual perspective, but I wanted kind of what, because there are many different ideologies and different disciplines and different ways of living that they celebrate and elevate this idea of times of silence because there's people from all different walks of life who believe times of silence is beneficial. So I wondered why, what would AI tell me the benefits are? This is what AI says. In times of silence, there are several valuable lessons that be learned that's exactly how ai stated it and here's what it said number 1 it gives me 6 here it gives me 6 one reflection and selfness like that's interesting this is what it says silence provides an opportunity for introspection and self-reflection it allows us to tune out external distractions and turn our focus inward, helping us gain a deeper understanding of our thoughts, emotions, and overall state of being. So they look at it as silence is you turn your thinking inward, right, and then you can you can then get a deeper understanding of your thoughts, your emotions, and your overall state of being. How in tune are you to your thoughts, your emotions, your motivations, your desire? How really tuned in are you to that? I think we do a lot of talking about other people. And as Christians, we may do a lot of talk about doctrine, theology, good. Hermeneutics, all good. But I think there's, there's, there's there's a danger. Like, we don't want to become so focused on self. We don't want so much self-reflection and so much introspection because we really want our, 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 our reflection and focus to be on God, right? We want it to be God-centered. But I think sometimes spiritually, we, we say that we're so focused on these other things and we don't, we're not willing to acknowledge really what's going on inside of us. So would a time of silence... If you dedicated a time of silence, I, it may take five minutes the first time, fifteen minutes the second time, thirty minutes the third time. I don't maybe maybe a week of five minutes, maybe, then, then just slowly increase it. And maybe you can get up to thirty minutes of just complete silence, just you there. Now, some people use a journal, which I have right here, for that period of time where you 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 you. you you have introspection, self-reflection, and then you write what you are gaining from that silence your your thoughts, your emotions you you're you're your letting them out on paper i I think there I think there's a spiritual benefit from that because then you see the real you I think so many times as as Christians we're so much time I think we spend so much time putting on fig leaves and pretending. Instead of just be, now, look, there's some things you may not want to go tell anyone else. But it, but if you could have a safe place where 30 minutes of silence, you could just be honest with yourself. And maybe when you really give that time to see yourself, be honest with yourself, maybe there could be spiritual benefits from it. Now, I think at some point you would need to take that and bring it to God in prayer. I think maybe... Okay, we we could add maybe prayer to it, but that time of just self-reflection, as it says, reflection and selfness. Silence provides an opportunity for introspection and self-reflection. It allows us to tune our external dis- to tune out our external distractions to turn our focus inward, helping us uh, helping us gain a deeper understanding of our thoughts, emotions, and overall state of being. Is that a promise of silence? Did did Zachariah Zacharias that time that uh, where he was just that period of time where it's just silence and he's just waiting for this promise for Elizabeth to to have a child? He's waiting, he's waiting. Finally, finally, she has a child, right? um he, i mean where where is the the verse at see so, yeah, then i think um see mary goes back into judah she saluted elizabeth Okay, now if you look at verse 57, so Mary abode with her about three months and returned. Now Elizabeth full-time came and she should be delivered and brought forth a son. This is a Luke one fifty-seven. So it's been all of this time, you know, basically nine months. He's been in silence, not able to speak. All right. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, not so, but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, there is none of thy kindred that is called thy name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. They had to make signs to him. He's dumb. He can't speak. He can't hear. He's in silence. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote saying his name is John and they marveled all and his mouth was opened immediately and his tongue loosed and he spake and praised God. What I love about that is as soon as he can speak, he praises God. So, so what was the promise of that silence and what did he gain from it? So I think there would have been a lot of time of reflection and selfness and self-reflection and introspection. Number two, clarity and perspective. When we embrace silence, it allows the mind to settle and the thoughts to become clear. We gain a fresh perspective on situations and challenges in our lives, enabling us to make better decisions and find solutions with a calm and clear mind. So maybe one of the promises of silence is clarity and perspective. Instead of talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking about it or listening and listening, we just silence everything, silence. Now, we, and then clarity of mind. Now, again, I think writing during that time is because all of that processing needs to go somewhere. How about number three, increased mindfulness. Now, some of these, I'm just going to go through these quickly I think reflection and selfness, clarity and perspective, increased mindfulness. Silence cultivates mindfulness, the practice of being fully present in the current moment. By embracing the silence, we can become more attuned to our surroundings and experiences, enhancing our ability to appreciate simple joys and beauty around us. It increases mindfulness, it increases your, your presence in the now. Instead of looking for then or that or this, you experience the now. And then maybe we talked about this in our study of rejoicing, focusing on what we can rejoice in the now. Increased mindfulness. Number four, enhanced creativity. And inspiration. Silence can spark creativity and innovation. It provides a space for ideas to emerge, connections to be made, inspiration to flow. Many artists, writers, and thinkers seek moments of silence to tap into their creative potential. Number five, connection with inner wisdom and intuition. In silence, we can connect with our inner wisdom and intuition by Quieting the external noises, we can better discern our true desires and purposes, allowing us to make choices aligned with our authentic selves. In other words, you're turning out everything else. Maybe you can then really tap into maybe the reality of the situation. And and from a Christian perspective, maybe it will give you a chance to greater reflect and hear God's wisdom. But again, it's not like a voice. You would have to obviously have the scripture already inside of you. I don't think times of silence is about reading and, 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 and meditating on scripture. It's, it's you, silence, no reading, no study, maybe a notebook to, to get that, those thoughts that are going on in that silence and just writing them out, just letting them flow, like just a stream of consciousness. You're not processing it. You're not organizing it. And then number six, rest and rejuvenation. Silence offers an opportunity to rest, recharge, and rejuvenate our minds and our bodies. It's going to be a time for relaxation, deep breathing, and finding peace within ourselves. Now, we find peace with God. Now, what you actually—I don't know if silence itself promises us anything, but I think this. What we learn in times of silence— Is going to vary from person to person, and it depends on the individual's willingness to embrace the silence, reflect upon their experience, and be open to the insights and wisdom that emerges. Now, I don't know how good you would be at it. I don't know. I would have—there's parts of me I would want a book. I would want to be reading something, right? I I would, like, just to sit there, just— Thirty minutes. Or just go fifteen minutes. I, I start with five minutes. Zachariah, Zacharias, depending on the translation. That's at least what nine months? He couldn't speak. He couldn't hear. All the noise was turned off. Click. They had to make signs to him. Everything could just click. Like just just think about all the noises that you hear right now and just click, all of it goes off. Cl- silence. You can't even speak. It's just him and silence with his own thoughts. Now what what you we could say punishment, punishment, right. But out out of coming out of that so called punishment, what do you think he gained from it? What was the promise that silence held for him? Now, if we turn everything off, click Try five minutes. Like if I was, can you imagine if I just sat here and just, I turned off the mic, I did this. Just a few seconds of that will feel like an eternity. Five minutes of silence people get nervous. People get uncomfortable. People start being filled with anxiety. People start looking around. People don't know what to do. Now, I know depending on your life, you may have a hard time finding that. But if you can find that time, maybe early in the morning, maybe late at night, just start with just five minutes and and, and something to write with and just let your mind go. Don't, Don't try to Direct it, just let, just let, and see where, where you go, where your mind takes you. Because it may take you to things you don't want to deal with, realities you don't want to face. It may lead to guilt. It may lead to shame. It may lead to conviction. may lead to insight. And then after you have, in a sense, now now this is where I would add the Christian part, because you don't want this to turn into kind of like a, a new age type thing. Once you take that journal and you're just whatever shows up in that silence, whatever just comes out, you can look at it, and then you can think about it from then a scriptural point, what scriptures may apply here what what you know what, what would be God's wisdom to this? Then you can take that who, what you found, found what, we, what you were, what you heard and saw of yourself, and then you can take it to God in prayer and be brutally honest with God, as we talked about seeking God with your whole, your whole soul, bringing everything there. It goes to the uh, previous broadcast today. What is the promise of silence? Have you ever practiced it? Are if you're honest, you're like, I'm not going to do that. No way. No way. No way. No way. Just and again. I think five minutes would be like a breaking point for some people. And then you can push it to 10 and then 15 and then 30. I don't know if I can make 30. I don't know if I could. I don't think I could. I think I'd I'd, I'd have to move everything off the desk because I immediately want to grab a book. I don't know. What do you think? Love to get your thoughts. Email them to me newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. And you can classify this as the most ironic podcast of 2023 because you listen to a podcast, spend 26 minutes and 38 seconds talking about silence while the host was not silent. But I don't know how else we can talk about the. I don't know how else we, we can't talk about silence with silence, but you get the idea. So you can look at Luke 1. I just I just think it's crazy. Zechariah, Zechariah, again, depending on translation, nine months, just everything, just click. And then all of his thing, everything, everything was turned back on. Click. Did that Did that silence promise something? Love to get your thoughts. News, if at yahoo.com. News, if at yahoo.com. Someone just gave me uh, two thumbs up. I think that's because, you know, they're trying to be silent. <laughs> they're just signing at me, right? Okay, all right. There you go. You, you can meditate on the passage and let you know what you think. All right. Everyone have a great day, great evening. Love to get your thoughts. God bless.